Welcome to Unmatched, the podcast where we make fantasy football analysts put their money where their mouth is. And here's your host, the professor himself, David Martian! And we are back for another fantastic episode of the Unmatched podcast with two more great contestants. But first, we had an absolutely crazy matchup last week. After falling behind 5-3 in the early games, Fantasy Dukes went 5-2 in the late games to walk away with last week's unmatched crown. So be sure to congratulate him on Twitter at Fantasy Dukes on his big comeback win. This week, we have another great battle for you all. Up first, he's my partner in crime with the Undroppables Data and Technology team. His weekly DFS article, Beer Money Bets, really helped me build my strategy for daily fantasy. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at BPOFSU. Welcome to the show, Brian O'Connell. Hey, man, it's good to be here. You know, this is actually my first podcast I've ever been on. So this is my uh, podcasting debut. Wow. I'm, I'm so happy we could share that with you. Yeah, I'm excited. So- so I understand you have a bit of a different day job than most fantasy analysts, Brian. Yeah, um, I'm a zoo professional. What I really love is guest service and conservation education. Um, so I currently work at the Denver Zoo uh, and pretty much means I get to go out and look at animals all day as I walk around the zoo and talk to people. So it's not a bad time until it snows. <laughs> That's fantastic. Have any uh, fun animal facts for us today? Oh, I have a few ready. I'll sprinkle them throughout. Okay. Oh, we'll time those right properly, I guess. Yeah. All right. Facing him, he's our offensive line expert over at the Undroppables. Along with former unmatched contestant Tommy Moe, their weekly article, Unsung Heroes, gives you key insights into the trenches where the games are often won or lost. You can find him on Twitter at BradWireFF. Welcome to the show, Brad Wire. Thank you so much for having me on, Dave. Again, uh, just like Brian, this is my first podcast. I actually bought my first mic uh was it yesterday had it overnight at amazon got it today and hooked it all up uh hopefully it doesn't sound too garbage but um a little background for myself i mean i have kind of a numbers guy myself but it doesn't really work as well for the offensive line so i kind of have to be pill and base so uh hopefully we'll give you some good back and forth here with brian and analytics team and uh how, how did you really get into this offensive line stuff a former player i assume yeah, so I, um, I've i played a total of 14 years all through college. Uh, ended up going to a little D3 school up in Green Bay. We're actually where the Packers go to training camp. But um, Jax found me on Twitter. He noticed my uh, hot mullet in my profile picture and reached out to me. And uh, it went from there. Uh, it was uh, very early September, so I didn't have a lot of time to do my, my write-ups. But... Got them all cranked out, and it's been rocking and rolling ever since. Yeah, no, I really appreciate those because I know, like, we all fantasy guys. We all know who the big names are, but the offensive line is possibly the most important part of the game, and I couldn't name a lot of them. Like you said, unsung heroes to the game. Um, you never hear of their names, but they always have a huge impact on what goes on behind the scenes, and they hardly ever get mentioned, but. They they are a key driving force into into the actual fantasy that no one ever talks about. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, Brad, I have to I have to admit you've made me smarter. I don't know I don't know any offensive linemen, so just being able to read your stuff has actually made me a better fantasy player. So thank you for that. 
of course, I think Brian has one of been one of my biggest supporters. I know he shouts me out on Twitter a couple times, so I appreciate any support, especially everyone from the Undroppables. But uh, interacting with everyone on Twitter is it's overwhelming at times, and I know I get spend some time away from my girlfriend that I don't want to, but um, it's really been a blessing and a joy. So it's it's a wonderful experience. That's great. All right, not, enough being nice to each other. This is a contest. Okay, your enemies from this point forward. Let's get down to business. Yeah, I'm gonna go, I'm I'm ready to win sixteen to nothing. So it's gonna be fun. There we go. As always, we'll start with a quick recap of the rules. I'm gonna go through various over unders and direct player matchups for this weekend's games, and then Brian and Brad will each take their turns making their picks for each one. After the games are all done this weekend, we'll run through the scores and we will crown this week's champion. Now, of course, you guys can always play along at home since all of our contests come courtesy of Monkey Knife Fight. You just need to go to monkeyknifefight.com or download their mobile app, set up an account, and then when you make your first deposit of $10 or more, be sure to use the promo code UND. And then Monkey Knife Fight will match your initial deposit up to $50. All right, let's find out who's going to win this week's battle. Starting with the over-unders, we're looking at passing yards. Uh, We got Matt Ryan facing New Orleans with a line of 301.5 passing yards. Brian, why don't you uh, open this up? Okay, so um, this one, I I, I personally hate QB props. So I, I know we have a lot of them here. Uh, but this one was actually one of the easier QB props for me, I think. Uh, Matt Ryan's only eclipsed 301.5 passing yards uh, in one-third of the games this season. Um, and those were all pretty much against horrible pass defenses. Those were against Detroit, Minnesota, and Seattle. Um, so only one-third of his games, he's gone over th- 301. And then New Orleans is averaging only uh, 242 rece- uh, reception yards against. Uh, so yeah, this is an easy under for me. Well, Brian... I hate to agree with you here, but uh, yeah, this one was pretty easy for me too. It looks on the outside like this one could be a, a pretty firework banging game, but um, the Saints have given up zero 300-yard passes this year. New Orleans defense has been especially tough. Um, the Falcons' offensive line is not uh, what it has been. They got some young guys on there, but um, this has just not been the evens year, quote-unquote, that Matt Ryan has been known for. He does tend to be good every other year. That finally broke that streak this year, huh? Yeah. A lot of people had drafted him this year um, when they missed out on Dak, and and that was the hope, but it just hasn't shown up. It might have worked out over Dak at this point, unfortunately. I have to say, like, this also, 301.5 seemed high considering Calvin Ridley might not even play this weekend, too. If Calvin Ridley was playing, I'd be a little more leaning towards the 3-0, taking the over, but yeah, I think this line is wrong. Yeah, I, I questioned a couple of the lines here. Um, but obviously we got to go off of what Monkey Knife Fight says, so they're probably baiting us into a bunch of stuff that we have no, nothing to know about. Yeah, I'm sure they know what they're doing over there setting those lines. <laughs> it's been a few times, and nobody's gotten over 500 on this show. Wow. Actually, I think, no, I think uh, Chalk did. Chalk got 10. That's the best we've done. So it's 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 tough. Um, but uh, like you said, Brian, there are a lot of quarterback props on the show. It looks like they've seemed to like those a lot, so... Let's stick with it. Next up, we got Joe Burrow. He's facing Washington uh, with a line of 19.5 fantasy points. Brad, you get to go first this round. All right, so I know Washington's defensive line, uh, they got shut out pretty hard last week against Detroit, but their line is one of the sneakier good lines this year. 
their signing of Big V helped them a lot. So I think uh, I think this game they they find their motor again. The Bengals have given up 32 sacks so far this year. Joe Burrow's only hit this 19 and a half line uh, three times this year. Uh, similar fashion, uh, Washington has held Daniel Jones both times to 13 and 12 points. So I think that's a pretty fair comparison here. Um, even though Joe Burrow's done well against pressure, I think this one's too much pressure for him to overcome. Ugh, Brad, Brad. Ugh. Why do we have to keep on agreeing? Yeah, Washington's allowing the fewest passing yards in the NFL. They're offering under 200 yards per game. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna reference you. You have the Cincinnati as the second worst offensive line ranking for pass protection, going against Washington, that's fifth in the league in sacks. Uh, so I actually have Burrow projected between 15 and 17 points this week. Uh, so I'm also going to take the under. <laughs> You guys are just getting along way too well this episode. Like from the beginning on, it's just every—it's a love fest. Yeah, I, I even threw in Brad's undroppable stuff there. So <laughs> I appreciate that. I'm sure we'll disagree on the next one. So hopefully, let's see if that's the case. Uh, we got uh, Carson Wentz facing Cleveland. Uh, we got a line of 268.5 passing yards. Brian, that's all you this time. Okay, so I keep on going back to how much they're averaging, and Cleveland is allowing 252.3 passing yards per game, uh, which is the 12th worst in the league. Um, and Cleveland also has a very stout run defense. Um, they're ranking 7th in uh, yards rush, uh, rushing yards per game. Um, and But Wentz has only gone over uh, 268.5 twice a season. Um, and I looked into it. Both those times, he's had a completion over 50 yards in both those games. So I think having uh, Rigor back is going to help him. And I'm going to take the over. I'm going to go against what my gut says. I'm going to say there's like a 55-yard touchdown pass to Rigor. Uh, I hope I'm saying his name right. Uh, and I think I'm going to take the over here, even though my gut tells me not to. Well, I believe it is Jalen Rager. Rager, there we go. Jalen Rager. Um, I had Wentz on my over here as well. I'm a homer. I'm a Philly fan. <laughs> I love Wentz, but... Just to just to flip the script here, I'm gonna ch- I'm gonna I'm gonna change it up. Um, I think he'll go under. I think Carson Wentz has uh, put too much on his shoulders. He's we- he's bearing too much of the of the weight of the team. Um, yes, he's got those guys. Uh, he's got Rieger. He's got Fulgham. Uh, lowly Alshon Jeffries back. Um, they could get Isaac Sayamalo back this week. He's their left guard, um, so it should sure up their pass protection. But um, the way Miles Garrett has dominated is just something that I can't overlook. Um, he's he's gone in and rushed on guards, and the Eagles' guard play this year has been absolutely atrocious. So, even with Lane Johnson back on the on the right tackle side, where Miles Garrett typically tends to go, I think Garrett gets the best of the Eagles here, and Wentz gets the under. Oh, Brad's making me think uh, think uh, that twice, but I'm still taking the over. Say so you guys have to disagree a little bit. We've got like yeah. six picks in, five of them are unders. So <laughs> we got to keep this interesting. Um, I do have good news. We're not going to talk about a quarterback for a second here. Oh, thank God. All right. This time we got Derrick Henry facing a Baltimore team that just is reeling from a horrible loss last week against a certain great Patriots team. All right. They're not great, but it's still my team. <laughs> <laughs> we get a line of 83.5 rushing yards. Brad, what can Derrick Henry do behind that line? So 
for me, this one is not as much about Derrick Henry as, as it's cut out to be. Um, last week, the reason that Baltimore was reeling was because they were without Clayus Campbell. Also last week, another defensive lineman, Brandon Williams, was injured. And both of them are going to be questionable for this game. I think with both of them out, their run defense is an absolute porous mess. Um, it's easy for them to hit. It's easy for Derrick Henry to get going and hit over 83 and a half. Um, I think with both of them out, it's a smash. So I'm going over on this one. Okay. So in a preseason Twitter thread I had, I compared a bunch of top picks to uh, critically endangered animals. Um, and does, do you guys have a guess of what Derrick Henry was? Buffalo. I think that was at real rhinos. Yeah, he was a he was a black rhino. There you go. So black oh, rhinos can weigh over three thousand pounds and can run thirty five miles per hour. So I'm not trying to stop that. I'm going the over. Uh, he's rushed over a hundred or over eighty three point five yards in two thirds of his game and is averaging over a hundred yards per game. Uh, so he he even gashed a a good Indianapolis run defense last week. Um, so definitely, I'm going over too. Now you guys are all agreeing again. See, I thought we'd move beyond this. It's because we're smart guys, and so we're taking the right picks. <laughs> Come on. I changed my Carson Wentz pick for you. you got to do solid for me here. Hey, I follow numbers. I don't I don't put any emotion into this. I, I, I think uh, Brian learned a lesson on not following his process. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, I forget what week of beer money bets that was. I think it was week six or week seven. That, oh. Uh, I would have been if I had played in a tournament. Like my process for early showdown, I would have been in the money. I I would have placed like forty third. Follow the process. Trust the process. Was that the DK Metcalf week? No, that was the Devontae Adams week. That was like Devontae uh, Adams yeah. is too expensive. Yeah. I'm not going to fit him into my process. And I was like, I should have listened. And that's when he had like, well, he's had a ton of great games this he week. Forty but something points. Man, anyway. that was stupid. <laughs> sorry to sorry to trigger you, but maybe I'll get the emotions running a little bit there. Brian. Yeah, let's talk about another running back. We've got Aaron Jones facing a really tough Indianapolis defense, but we're going to talk fantasy points. Eighteen point five. Brian, you going over or under? Uh, I'm going to take the under on this, uh, just for a few. There's a few reasons. Uh, Colts defense, just like I mentioned before, um, with Derrick Henry. They're a top five rush defense. Uh, they only give up 91.8 yards per game uh, and only given up seven touchdowns. Uh, so I I think see this is really touchdown dependent. If Aaron Jones scores a touchdown, I think he goes over the 18 and a half. If he doesn't score a touchdown, he's going to be under. I'm going to hope he doesn't. Um, and I also think a big thing here is Jamal Williams. I love Jamal Williams. I just have to say that. Um, I say his quote. Uh, I don't know if you all seen that. Um, video of him of i feel like a mermaid i feel like a mermaid and everybody's like dog swimming have you seen that i have, I have seen that from I the rain that. game i think yeah and then he also says like that it started snowing it's old off time i say that stuff all the time so jamal williams i'm sorry i'm getting sidetracked jamal williams is gonna have a significant role again um so i'm gonna take the under all right um i had under on my on my sheet as well but you know just to mix it up again i brian i'm doing you another solid I'm going to go over here. Um, I think Aaron Jones, hopefully he's finally recovered from his injury he had. Uh, this is now his third week back. He should uh, be involved in the pass game like he always has been. He's got five catches both the last two games here. Um, 
Indianapolis is 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 one of the best run defenses in the game. Yes, at they're ranked number seven on Football Outsiders for uh, adjusted line yards per carry given up, but it's just Aaron Jones. And you know what? Just to go over, I gotta I gotta hope for for as many points as possible against uh, the Godfather, Paulie Sleepers, in the club championship. So I'm hoping he goes off so I can get a notch up on Paulie. I think this is one of the ones that you could easily win for me. I don't feel like I said. I think this is touchdown dependent, and it's not. You don't want to bet against Aaron Jones not scoring a touchdown. All right, there we go. Now, uh, speaking of the club championship, I do in fact have uh, Williams on my team, Brian. So if you want to hit me up for a trade for Jamal, I Williams, need it. I scored less than thirty-four points this week. So. Well, hit me up on the DMs later. For now, we're going to talk about another quarterback because we haven't talked about one for a little while. We've got Kirk Cousins facing a dreadful Dallas defense with a line of 261.5 passing yards. Brad, this one's yours first. All right. No, Kirk, I do not like this. Um, He's hit this mark only twice this year. Uh, He's gotten close a couple other times to 259, 260, and two other games. But uh, this is this group. Even though there has been an emergence of Neville Gallimore, uh, their rookie defensive tackle, this group is so bad against the run. And with Minnesota being tied for number one in adjusted line yards per carry on football outsiders, this is just a smash Dalvin game for me. Um, yeah, they might be able to hit some play action with, with Dalvin Gashinum, and they might be able, hit, be able to hit some deep shots, but I still don't think he hits 261 and a half. Uh for my segment, you can just rewind a little bit and just replay exactly what Brad just said, because that was actually all the talking points I was just going to say. Um, <laughs> they have, <laughs> Dallas, actually, they have a terrible defense, um, but they sneakily have only given up the 12 fewest passing yards in the league. Um, and I think he's exactly correct. It's a it's a Dalvin game. It might even be an Alexander Madison game, because um, I, I think... Minnesota is just going to run the ball. Um, and I, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to take the under, and I'm going to agree with you. So, I mean, that's twice Brad's changed his pick for you, Brian, and you're not willing to do it back for him? You just told you just reminded me of what happens when I don't follow my process. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's go on to the next one. The time has come again. I think I get this practice now. we got <laughs> Tua Tagovailoa facing Denver. A line of 17.5 fantasy points. Brian, you're up first. Uh, so this is going against, I'm a Denver Broncos fan. Um, and it's just another abysmal year being a Broncos fan because uh, everyone's injured. Can't even cheer for Vaughn Miller this year. Uh, but I really didn't have no idea where to start with this because there's such a small sample size for Tua. Uh, so I actually turned to this fantastic website called Analyst Depot. Um, you guys should check it out. Uh because they actually show you the amount of uh, fantasy points given up to each position by a defense. Uh, and the Broncos give up 16.4 fantasy points per game to opposing QBs, which I was thoroughly surprised by, considering I have watched a lot of Broncos games. Uh, so I'm going to trust Analyst Depot on this one, uh, and I'm going to take the under. It is a great website. I'm glad you use it. They're, they're a sponsor of the show, so... Yep, I love it. I appreciate it. Uh, Brad, up to you. Yeah, I am sick of agreeing with you, Brian. I'm sick of it. Um, Yeah, I had the under again here. um, But you know what? I think Tua unlocks the playbook this week. Uh, Denver, their defense 
has not been the best. Um, they've given up over 30 points in the last four games. The least amount of yards they've given up to was the Chiefs, and they still had like just under 300, I think. Um, two has been smart with the ball. He's only had one turnover in his three starts. Um, their offensive line has been really gelling. They just got Austin Jackson back, which bumped Jesse Davis back over to right tackle. Uh, I think that's a big key here. Um, this game, hopefully Tua gets the full playbook to unlock again, and he's able to hit that over. I think I'm, I'm going with Tua time here. Do you, do you really want the under on that? Because this is the one that I will happily be a, a Broncos homer and take the over on this. No, no, you made your decision here. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I'll keep it with the under. I'm I'm taking my solids back. It's the first time I've heard a negotiation on a pick on this show. We're, we're trying to we're trying to be nice, and it, also, it has to do with my Broncos. So, you know, I I hate the Broncos. I hate the Eagles. The show is killing you, me today. I'm a Patriots fan. How could you hate the Broncos? If there's one stadium that Tom Brady can't do well in, it's Mile High. And that's why you love. That's why you love the Broncos. No, because that's they've odd. been Tom Brady's kryptonite. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of Broncos, we will talk about Drew Locke, assuming he plays this weekend. Up against that same Miami team, we got a line of 261.5 passing yards. Brad, you get to take this one first. All right. I'm going under on this one. I don't think Locke has that it factor, um, especially against the Dolphins. Brian Flores has turned this Dolphins group into a very formidable defense. Um, they have been taken advantage of on the ground, but uh, they've been better in the air. They've they actually have 22 sacks on the year, and Locke has been uh, not great under pressure. So I think this is this is an under game for Drew Locke again. <sighs> okay, um, I don't even know if Drew Locke's going to play this week. Uh, I think I saw his rib injuries, but he's been abysmal. I I. I it's 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 hard to watch him. I wrote the preseason uh, review for the Bron- or for the undroppables for the Broncos, and his the thing that worried me about Drew Locke was his deep ball percentage, and he is just atrocious this season. It was weird because he was really good at Missouri um, with deep balls, but he just can't hit anyone, and it's a shame. You see Jerry Judy juking people out and getting wide open, and Drew Locke can't find him to be different. I am going to say he's actually going to go the over this, though. Um, I don't think – I think over 261.5 is possible. Um, but he's he's only completing 50% of his passes, um, but he's passing 45 times. He's at has an average of 45 attempts the last three weeks. So I say if the Broncos pass at least 48 times, I hope they do, because uh, that means he's probably getting the over. One thing I would like to add here, too, is that uh... – the main reason to, for Drew Locke's struggles, in my opinion, is that they are on their fourth string right tackle. Um, the good news is Elijah Wilkinson should be coming back here shortly. I thought he was. I thought he had a chance to come back last week, but um, if if not this week, I assume next week for his his return there, and that should help shore up this group a little bit too. Brad, I have to ask you, what's your opinion of Garrett Bowles? He's actually been pretty solid this year. Um, it it was a rough start. I'll I'll admit that, but he's um, he's he's put together a, a much better 2020 than years past. I'd agree with that because I swear, if you saw a penalty on offense for the Broncos the last three years, there was a 90 percent chance it was a Garrett Bowles hold. So he's he's definitely got a lot better in that department. I really liked the Broncos' offensive line coming into this year with their Graham Glasgow signing. Um, it's tough because they've just been 
their their right tackle situation has held them back so far. And like I said, I really like them, but it's it's been twenty twenty to say the least. Okay. All right, you guys. <laughs> Stop getting along so well. This is not working at all for me. <laughs> hey, we disagreed on that one. All right. I, I do appreciate the, the last minute Homer flip. I was actually going to give you a really hard time if you didn't do that, Brian, after offering yeah, I, to do it for Tua. Yeah. But you, you saved your face there. I just I I was leaning towards the under initially when I was researching it. And then I saw that he has been throwing the ball so much that I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to make it like he throws it enough. He's going to get that many yards. So. I guess Melvin Gordon isn't getting the job done. What a surprise. No, Philip Lindsay's the best running back the Broncos have, and they shouldn't have paid Melvin Gordon, but that's a whole two-hour podcast I could go on. Well, and in that case... That means we are on to the second part of our show. Uh, rather Perfect than a two-hour discussion on <laughs> Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay, we will instead migrate on to our head-to-head conversations. Uh, so... We haven't talked about quarterbacks since I started talking five minutes ago, so let's talk about some more quarterbacks. Uh, we've got Deshaun Watson facing a red-hot New England team coming off a big win uh, up against Ben Roethlisberger facing the lowly Jacksonville Jaguars this year. Uh, we're talking fantasy points, and we're going to actually give Big Ben an extra 1.5 points on this one. Uh, Brad, you get to go first this round. All right, so for me, I'm taking Big Ben in this one. Uh, Jacksonville has... Uh, been decent in the in the against the run, but their pass rush outside of Josh Allen is a non-factor. Um, I have the Steelers ranked the number four overall offensive line. They're giving up sacks the lowest rate according to Football Outsiders. Uh, I think it's three and a half percent of of plays they're giving up a sack. Uh, Ten sacks on the year. Deshaun going up against the Patriots and Ben getting an extra one point five is the icing on the cake here. So Big Ben lock it up. I have Deshaun Watson. Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks everywhere this year in games or in in fantasy. Uh, so I want to go to Sean, but I, I can't. There's two numbers I'm looking at here. Analyst Depot has New England given up just under 15 points per game to quarterbacks, uh, and then Big Ben is averaging over 25 points a game with a healthy Deontay Johnson. I think those are the two key things I'm looking at. I I think you could give Ben I think maybe seven or eight fantasy points in this one. Um, so I'm going Ben too. All right, pretty straightforward there, I guess. Uh, Deshaun is averaging more on the season, but yeah, that New England defense versus that Jacksonville defense—it's not really a fair comparison. The the New England's defense is the only reason New England is relevant this season. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. That is very true. Isn't that always <sighs> true though? Oh, don't start, Brad. <laughs> no, don't don't make me defend Brady being the goat on two straight episodes. I had a bunch That's of weird. I thought, Tom, or I thought I thought Peyton Manning was the goat. Oh, you did listen to last week's episode. Okay, so there we no, go. No, I just know I just watch football. Oh no, no, no! We all know the truth. Manning has like two rings, and one of them a defense got him. Hey, remember Tom Brady at defense? What you just flipped the script? On. Okay, no, we're not going down this. That's a. Let's get the next one before I get angry. All right. Play that intro music again. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's talk about some wide receivers. Let's have some fun here. Uh, Julio Jones up against New Orleans versus on the other side of the ball, Michael Thomas against Atlanta. Uh, we're talking receiving yards. We're going to give Michael Thomas the extra six and a half. Uh, Brian, you get to go first this round. Okay. So I'm going back to that conservation uh, animal threat I had on endangered species. 
and one of the most critically endangered animals in the world is what I related Michael Thomas to. Um, I related him to being a vaquita. It's V-A-Q-U-I-T-A. It's a porpoise found um, in the Mexican Peninsula, or around the Mexican Peninsula. Um, there's only around six to ten of them left in the world. Uh, and so they are incredibly endangered and the reason i related them to michael thomas is because he is one of the few elite wide receivers left in the nfl especially in the fantasy landscape um michael thomas gets my boy Jameis winston at quarterback most likely this week i think that i i think michael thomas is going to blow this out of the water i think michael thomas is gonna i think that whole new orleans offense might feast it might famine with Jameis throwing six picks but i'm an optimist um and I love Jameis. I went to FSU when Jameis was there. Uh, my first FSU football game I watched was that game versus Pitt on Thursday night. I won't forget it, where he completed like 26 out of 27 passes. So I think New Orleans is to the moon this weekend. So Michael Thomas. Okay, so I chose how to how to go with the order of, of presenting, essentially, in, in this one, because I wanted to take the opposite of what Brian took here. Um, I love MT this week. I got him on a couple teams. Um, Julio has been outgained the last three or four weeks by Kenny Galladay, Jerry Judy, Justin Jefferson. Uh, Winston doesn't need LASIK to throw more than 15 yards for the slants. Um, and MT is, is increasing his snap share every week from 55 to 78 to, I'm guessing closer to hundred percent this week. But I just, in my research, when I was looking this up, I found out that Julio Jones real name is Quintoris. Lopez Jones and Quintoris means gladiator. So I'm glowing with the gladiator on this one, Julio Jones. I don't care about the line. Okay. Uh, I cannot argue with that. That's an incredible process. That's an incredible process. I have to agree with that completely. That is a fantastic process. And then I think both of those were like you both brought up aliases with the letter Q in them. I don't know if that means anything. Oh, but, no, please don't get I just drove 29 hours out to from Orlando to Denver and I listened to so many podcasts and for some reason they all were about QAnon and so oh, please no, 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 not, I, we're not going down that road at all my friend oh. do not worry <laughs> that is not where I was going with things at all I just happened to notice the letter Q showed up twice yeah, that'd be it's a 29 hour podcast in itself no, no, we'll yeah. stick to football on this pod. <laughs> All right. Uh, up next, uh, actually, I really enjoy the interposition ones. Uh, so we got one here. We got the love of my team, Alvin Kamara, up against the man who's having a rough year as a quarterback of Lamar Jackson. Talking fantasy points. Uh, we're going to give Lamar the extra half on this one. So, Brad, why don't you go first this round? All right. So for me, I'm going with the shocker. I'm going with Lamar here. Uh Tennessee defense has not been great, even even with the Jadavian Clowney signing. Um, they they just released Vic Beasley, who did absolutely nothing for them this year. One of their other free agent signings in the offseason. Um, Tennessee has given up 30-plus points on five different occasions this year. Um, four out of the last five games, they've given up 20-plus points. The only time they didn't was against the Bears, and we know, we know what the Bears are. They are who we thought they were. Um, this is a nice spot for Lamar to bounce back and hit the ground running on the way to fancy fantasy playoffs. And that pun is intended. Hell, they even let a washed up Phillip Rivers throw for over 300 yards last week. So come on, give me Lamar here. This one, I, I, I just, I, I was really struggling with this one, but I was just thought, thought, imagine this prop 
last season. Like, imagine giving Lamar Jackson half a fantasy point on anyone last season. Like, that's just crazy. Uh, but I have to go. I was going to go with Alvin Kamara here anyway. Uh, but I'm glad Brad chose Lamar so I can go Kamara with confidence. Um, I think this might be more of a Latavius Murray because I kind of see it as a blowout game. Uh, and so they might lean more on him as it gets out of hand. But the thing with blowout games is someone has to score touchdowns uh, for it to be a blowout. And I think Alvin Kamara is going to score a few. Uh, and hopefully that puts Alvin Kamara ahead of Lamar Jackson this week. All right, good. See, back to disagreement. This is where we want to be. This is the happy place. All right, so up next, we got Terry McLaurin up against Cincinnati versus Robbie Anderson facing Detroit. We're going to be talking receiving yards, and we'll give Robbie an extra four and a half. Brian, you get to go first this round. Uh, so do we even know if Teddy Bridgewater is playing this week? It's tough to say. It's We record early in the week, so you never know. Yeah. Um, so I I literally just wrote in my notes for this. Teddy Bridgewater might miss, week, might miss this week. Go with McLaurin. I think I'm just going to stick with my notes, stick with my process. Um, go with F1, McLaurin. Is that a process? It is. The other team that have a quarterback. I don't know if that qualifies as a process. I I am scared, though, because Robbie Anderson with, um, is it PJ Walker? I think they both went, I saw they both went to Temple at the same time. So there might be a whole narrative of they went to college together, they know each other. Um, And honestly, when I looked up the air yards and um, the W Warper, however you say it, I, um, for that, these two, um, it was really similar. Like, uh, honestly, looking at statistics of these guys, they're like, you think Terry McLaurin might be the better uh, player, but they're getting similar usage. Um, but yeah, there's the full process. There we go. I appreciate that. What do you got, Brad? Well, uh, I can, I'll admit that I made a mistake here. I thought this was receptions. However, I will stick with Robbie Anderson here. Um, don't get me wrong. I love Terry McLaurin. Um, but, QB or not, uh, I think Robbie Anderson has a bounce back game this week. He's he's he lit the first half of the season on fire. Um, I know DJ Moore has had a resurgence last week, um, and I love that for DJ Moore. But I think this is uh, more of a Robbie Anderson deep ball type game. All right, as someone who has DJ Moore in his home league, I'm hoping you're wrong. But <laughs> I am too in a few leagues. I have I have more way more DJ Moore than I have Robbie Anderson, but. I have so much DJ Moore. It hurts. I can feel that too. It's been a rough season. Oh well. Let's uh let's go back to quarterbacks. We haven't talked about quarterbacks for a while. Uh so we'll start with the quarterback of the Chargers past. We got Phillip Rivers facing Green Bay versus the quarterback of Chargers present with Justin Herbert facing the terrible New York Jets. Uh we're gonna be talking passing yards and we're actually gonna give Herbert an extra thirteen point five. Brad, you get to go first this round. This feels like one of those trap lines where uh, Justin Herbert should absolutely kill it here. Um, give me, give me the young blood. I know he just cut his hair and he looks twelve, but uh, Rivers is washed and they're facing a stout Green Bay defense. I just can't see Rivers doing very much this week. Um, he's only hit two hundred fifty yards in four out of nine games, and Herbie Fuller Loaded has done that every single game besides last week and the Kalen Balage revenge game. So. Um, hurry, fully loaded to the moon. Uh, I hate that nickname for him, <laughs> but I, it is good. Uh, my process here: does the Jets allow fifty-six point seven more yards per game than Green Bay? Um, 
which makes me lean Justin Herbert. The only thing that scares me that makes me might lean Phillip Rivers is somehow, I don't know, the Colts are favored against the Packers. I don't know how. I think I saw the line last time I checked. It was minus two. Um, but I, I think the Colts might have to play catch up with the Packers. Uh, so I think Phillip Rivers might make this one really close and have to play catch up and just air the ball out. Um, but I think the return of, is it Jair Alexander? I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, I think him returning uh, will solidify that Packers defense. Um, and so I'm going to agree, going back to being friends, uh, with Herbie fully loaded here. You know, I thought I was going to be happy for a second and you'd make that Rivers pick, but you've just gone and no. disappointed me, Brian. No, I know. I'm used to hearing people say I disappoint them. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, well, let's go back to the player who triggered you. We get Devontae Adams facing that tough Indianapolis team uh, up against Keenan Allen having a fantastic year, and he's getting to face the Jets. We're going to talk about receptions, uh, and we're going to give Keenan Allen an extra half. Go for it, Brian. This one is really difficult because um, Adams is averaging almost nine receptions a game. Uh, and then Keenan Allen is averaging 7.2 receptions a game. Uh, so I think just based on that, I am not scared away by Keenan Allen having going against the New York Jets. Uh, and I think I have to roll with Devontae Adams here. Although this one is going to be really close. And I think I think there's a very serious chance of that .05 receptions being given at Keenan Allen like being the difference. Uh, so I think it's really a coin flip. And I'm going to roll with my boy Devontae Adams. Yep, I had this one as a toss-up, too. I did have Keenan Allen favored slightly, but um, I was going to take whoever Brian didn't take either way. So thank you for leaving me with Keenan Allen to pair with Herbie Fully Loaded here. Um, in in home games, Keenan Allen has had no less than seven catches. Coincidentally, that was in Week 2 for Herbert's first start. Uh, the other three games, he's had 9, 10, and 13. Uh, to me... Like I said, this one being a toss-up and Keenan Allen only getting the .5, but it's just this is what it is this week. Uh, Devontae Adams has been a beast, but um, he's averaging just under nine catches since his return, and I think that, like like Brian said, that extra half is going to be the difference maker here. All right, up next, uh, let's talk a little bit of wide receivers a little bit before we close things out. We have Adam Thielen facing that terrible Dallas defense. Versus Jameson Crowder up against a pretty good Chargers defense, but we're going to talk about just straight up receptions, and we're going to give Crowder the extra half. Uh, Brad, you get to go first this round. All right. So for me again, this one, uh, the half might make a little bit of an extra difference here. Um, Thielen might get a lot of those deep shots from Kirk Cousins that I mentioned before, but that doesn't change the fact that Crowder is a target machine. Um, he should be fully recovered. From his absence due to his groin injury, he's had two weeks to come back from that, just like, again, Michael Thomas and Aaron Jones. Um, that three-week mark for me is always like, they're good, they're they're good to go, throw them back in your lineup. Um, Joe Flacco is tough to deal with because, you know, he loves the deep ball, but um, this one just feels like a Crowder game to me. Yeah, I have to agree. I'm going to agree. Uh, I think there's actually a serious chance that Jamison Crowder has more catches than Adam Thielen has targets. Uh, I think the only reason this prop is on there um, is because people are scared away by the fact that he only had two targets last week, Uh, which if you look, he only played, I believe it was like 67% of snaps um, compared to when he was playing in the high 80s, uh, the first few games he played in the season. 
I think it is kind of limited with Perriman and Mims being back, but I don't care. I think he's going to feast. Uh, when he played Joe Flacco earlier in the season, he saw plenty of targets. Uh, so I'm going to get Jamison Crowder also on this one. All right, that sounds means we are on to our very last question of the day. And as always, I try to make it a fun one. So uh, we are going to go one of those interposition ones. We're going to go Dalvin Cook getting to run up against Dallas versus Aaron Rodgers up against a pretty tough indie defense. We're going to talk fantasy points, of course. Brian, why don't you close out this last round? You closed out this round with my favorite player, and I cannot go against him. Uh, I got to go Dalvin Cook. So when I, I have a small story, uh, when I was, I went to Florida state, as I've mentioned plenty of times, uh, I was a tour guide there actually. And the, um, I was taking a tour out one time and right in front of us, right when we got out the doors, Dalvin cook was just standing there. And I tell you, that was the hardest tour to corral because how do you get a bunch of FSU fans to go want to go on a whole tour of campus when Dalvin cook is just there taking pictures and stuff. Uh, so I love Dalvin. Um, he's my boy. I hate that he's been injured so much because I think I think he would be ahead of McCaffrey um, if he was healthy and had been healthy these last few seasons. Uh, but finally, he's healthy and we are seeing what he's doing. Uh, the Dalvin's going against a horrible rush defense, um, and Aaron Rodgers going against a top pass defense this week. Uh, so I'm repping my Knowles, um, and I'm letting Dalvin cook. All right. So I did have Dalvin in here, but something that Brian said earlier. Uh, made me want to go against Brian. Um, he said before that this just feels like an Alexander Madison game as well. Um, Dallas is so bad against the run that they should be down playing Alexander Madison, giving him lots of playing time. Yes, Dalvin has had uh, 30 carries two of the last three weeks, but Aaron Rodgers, the last four games, his fantasy points are 28, 21, 32, 29. Uh, it's just super consistent. You know who Aaron Rodgers is. Um, he's getting the extra 1.5 here. I think um, in order to beat this Indianapolis team, they're going to have to put the ball in Rodgers' hands and and let Rodgers do what he does best. Give me the extra one and a half for Rodgers. Man, just like I used your uh, offensive line rankings against you, you're using my own analysis against me. You got to do what you got to do, baby. That's how yeah. it should be. You guys should be using every weapon you can to defeat your enemy. You play to win the game. Absolutely. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a huge soccer fan, so I guess you can play for the tie, too. Ah, oh, Brian. Brian. <laughs> I can believe you that bring if you soccer want. Into that. You bring QAnon up. You bring soccer up. You're on the wrong pod, it feels like, man. I know. I feel like. I told you, it's my first podcast. I can't control myself. <laughs> well, okay, gentlemen. That about brings our week 11 episode to a close. Uh, so everyone at home, be sure to follow us at Unmatched Pod on Twitter to see who our winner is. Uh, also, uh, Brian did a great job mentioning them earlier, but I do want to bring up our main sponsor for the show, Analyst Depot. Uh, Analyst Depot actually just released two new features this week. The first is this really easy to use drag and drop tool to quickly set player rankings. Um, and then once you set those rankings, the whole, the real cool new tool is they've made a trade calculator. So what you do is you'll set those rankings or your projections and then it will actually tell you trade values that you build out. Uh, it's really cool to use. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I highly recommend you guys get over there and hop on Analyst Depot and, uh, unlock the tools you need to become a fantasy analyst. Lastly, a quick reminder to everyone that all of today's contests came from Monkey Knife Fight. 
Don't forget to use the promo code UND on your first deposit of $10 or more to get a free match deposit of up to $50. Uh, hopefully Brian and Brad can help everyone make some money this weekend. Uh, plenty of agreement between the two, so there's some good guides for you guys there. I do highly recommend you follow them both on Twitter at BPOFSU and BradWireFF. Uh, I am your host, David Marchand. You can find me at Professor, and this is the Unmatched Podcast. Come back next week for another head-to-head matchup the pod where we make fantasy analysts put their money where their mouth is. Mm-hmm.